right, so we, um, we are uh, in a theme which has been referenced here, and the theme for 2018 is a theme planted. Dan talked about it uh, when he spoke at the uh, very beginning of the year. Um, and there are, you know, there are different seasons within agriculture, and we're in a season now of preparation. Before the seed is planted in the spring, that there's a time of preparation where we get ready and things happen to the land in order to be ready to receive the seed. And so we are now, as a church, in a season of preparation. There will then come a time where there is planting, and we're going to split the year this way. Then after there's planting, there is a, there is a season of thriving, where the crop thrives and it grows. And then there is a season of reaping, there's a season of harvest. And so as we go throughout 2018, we're going to be looking at those four aspects of the year. And so what I want to speak on this morning, briefly, is... Um, on the theme of preparation. It's in line with preparation. And what I, the title of my message this morning is Steps and Leaps. Everybody say Steps, steps. and Leaps and Leaps. All right. Um, so here is what I feel that the Holy Spirit is highlighting um, to us right now. I believe there's a breakthrough anointing available right now. Um, and the Christian life is made up of two different aspects. They can seem like they're a dichotomy. Much of Christian walk is where we hold truths in tension. So God is a God of grace. He is full of graciousness and truth. So he will be very gracious, but someone is never really fully gracious if they're not prepared to also speak the truth. So the good thing about God, though, is he speaks the truth in love. <laughs> Always. Um, and it's a good example for us, um, rather than just loving to speak the truth. Um, so, so we have a God of grace and a God of truth. There is judgment, but there is mercy. Thankfully, mercy triumphs over judgment. But there are these two aspects which are, the, are truths held in tension. And part of the Christian walk is taken up with us taking steps. We take steps. There are things which we would do regularly and daily, which are part of the Christian walk, that as we grow in maturity, as mature people, that we learn to exercise these things, and then we exhibit growth by taking steps. So there's a lot. I mean, if you just uh, go to the Bible and you type in steps, there's a lot which uh, the Bible speaks to in terms of steps. I've got a couple of passages here. We've got Job 31.4, if we can have that up. Um, so Job speaking, he says this, does he not see my ways and number all my steps? And so we have this picture that God is aware of every little step that Job is taking. Um, we got a lot of this in the Psalms and uh, Proverbs too. So in Psalms 18, 36, um, the psalmist says this, he says, you enlarge my steps under me and my feet have not slipped. I think that's an amazing picture. It, it, David, David is saying here that he, with each step he takes, so this is kind of metaphorically, that God makes that step broader and more stable for him so that he's made secure as he walks through life. And my feet have not slipped. And then in Proverbs 69 obviously a well-known one, the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So much of our life is taken 
up with taking steps. But while this is an essential part of our life, there is an aspect of life where the Holy Spirit will intervene and interject and cause us to take huge leaps at different points in time. And if we examine Scripture, which is going to take a little time to do, if we look at the life of Jesus, we look at the example he gave us, if we look at the disciples, if we look at the apostles, we see that while their lives were taken up by these daily steps, they were punctuated by dramatic leaps where the miraculous happened. And it's not just confined to the New Testament, but, but David spoke about this a lot. And we read about this in 2 Samuel, in the 22nd chapter, where he's in this whole big um, soliloquy. And he says in verse 18, he says, He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong to, from me. So we have the same man that in Psalm 18 spoke about taking steps. He then basically says, when I was in warfare, that which was opposing me was too great for me, but the Lord delivered me. So essentially what he's saying is this, the step that I took, there came a point where I need something more than just what I could do to take a step myself. And when I was in that spot, God came and delivered me. He goes on to say in verse 30, For by you I can run upon a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. And so we have this picture, and we read a lot about this in the battles of David, of this man who was faithful in the day by day, but when he was going about in that faithfulness, there were times when God came in and he caused him to do the impossible. And you, we read about how um, battles were won and there were impossible odds. But God routed the enemy. He came and transformed the situa situation and he gave David the victory. He goes on to say, he trains my hands for battle so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. He says, you have also given me the shield of your salvation and your help makes me great. How many of you here would like God's help to make you great? Amen. But David understood and knew this principle that he would do what he could do, but he had an expectation that God would come in and do what God, what only God could do. And I want to suggest to you that our lives should be made up of us taking steps, but us having a regular and continual expectation that we would be able to make leaps forward through God making us strong. And I believe it's, in, it's critical that we grasp this and we learn how to live in this place and make it a habit that our lives look like this. And so we're going to take a little look at this, what is involved in this today, and then we're going to, I'm going to pray for some people at the end, and the Holy Spirit is going to come, and uh, God is going to make us great. Um, you know, there's a lot to be said for faithfulness. There's a lot to be said for consistency, for diligence. There's a lot to be said for steadfastness, 
but we're not called to lives which are routine. God does not want us to live routine, boring lives. Jesus is interested in the acceleration of our faith, and our lives are to exemplify this. If we can look at the lives of the Israelites as kind of a picture of what this looked like, they left a place of captivity, they traveled to the promised land, and they got there by taking a whole bunch of steps. <laughs> they walked for a long, long time. Now, they had to do what it took to take those regular steps. They had to get up in the morning. They had to get dressed. They had to eat. They had to choose to walk and keep walking. But as they did that, their, their journey was made possible by the intervention of the miraculous, regularly and continually. As they made steps, they came to a point where they had no water. And then Moses struck the rock and water came out. There, there was a pool that was made pure again so they could, they could drink. Manna came from heaven daily for like weeks and months and months. They crossed the Jordan. They crossed the Red Sea. Astounding miracles punctuated their lives. That is not just something for the stories of the Old Testament. It's not just something for the apostles and the disciples. It's something for every believer because it hasn't stopped. And it needs to be our expectation for today. So I want to just I want to look at three things here that I believe... Um, are important in finding a balance between taking steps and taking leaps. It's important that we don't fall into um, one side or the other. Dan um, has a statement which he often says, a reaction to an error can lead to an error. So when we've experienced something which we're like, this is not right, we want to run from that, and we go all the way the other way. We're like, I'm going to stay as far away from that as possible. And often, in our error, we probably want to be around, around about here. And, you know, I, I, we can have a mindset where we choose, where, where we believe that we will only make passage through life through the miraculous intervention of God, and that's faulty. And it's equally faulty to put aside the miraculous intervention of God and say, I am going to just make it through by my own um, conscientiousness and diligence and the taking of my steps. That equally would be faulty. We want to be a people that have a sound understanding and we... And we have all that God has had for us. So I just want to talk, um, I'm going to go over three things here which I believe are important ways that we take steps in life and that we position ourselves to create environment where the intervention of God, the making us strong, the causing us to become something that we are not, to do something that we could not, that that becomes our experience. Is that okay? Let's do it. All right, so 
here are three things which I believe are, um, these are steps of the mature person. So we're going to talk in very real terms here. These are things that I've experienced in my life that I have found that it's really important to be able to learn how to practice these steps. And with that, that I can create an, create an environment for the intervention of the Holy Spirit. Um, so here we go. <clears throat> Number one. I'm going to say this in the negative first, and then I'm going to put it in the positive. Um, the challenge that I have faced and that I needed to flip from go to one mindset to the other is this. I will seek God more and more each day to understand why my experience is what it has been instead of seeking God to understand what my he wants my experience to be. Let me say that again. We can fall into the trap of seeking God to explain why our circumstances are the way they are, as opposed to seeking God to understand what He wants our circumstances to be. And it's a sign of a mature believer who makes it their, their focus to, to seek from a position of finding what God wants to bring us into rather than trying to find an explanation for where I am right now. So let me give you an example of this. I'm going to share someone else's example, and Diana made reference to this earlier, and I'll give a personal example too. She mentioned that when she came um, to the Lord, that she came from a household and a family environment that was deep with a spirit of, of depression and despair. Um, and that was her experience. And so that's what she knew, that's what she grew up with. And so not surprisingly, when her own family struggled deeply with depression, she struggled greatly with depression. And she carried this with her. And so what much of that early dialogue with God was focused on is, why am I this way? Why has this happened to me? What's wrong with me? And so she studied the scriptures, she prayed, but it was all focused on why am I this way? Why are things happening this way? What, what is going on? And it wasn't until she made a decision to make a leap to look at what do you say about who I am? Where do you say I'm going? What do you say about uh, about my identity, that then things shifted and changed in her life. Because she began to seek God, not for her explanation about the way things were, but to seek God for how to make his experience her experience. And I find in my own life that we can, because we live in this Western culture and the way we, we process, we can take up our time trying to examine and figure out why things are the way they are. But our commission is to look to God and seek God for where he wants to take us to and for his experiences and not to make explanation for where we are right now. So if we want to be a mature people and we want to be making steps like David so we can then make leaps, we need to make a decision that our focus on seeking God 
of seeking his ways is to seek what he has for us and that we were pulled into it. <clears throat> Somebody once put it this way. They, they said that your, your faith is a, like a grappling hook. That you throw a grappling hook. You know what a grappling hook is? It's one of the things that James Bond would routinely use. Um, it's like a... It's, uh, it's got three hooks that come out on the end of a wire and it would be shot up and then it would gra kind of grab hold of some lead to the top of a building, something like that. And then it, you could pull yourself up into a new place. And so our faith is like a grappling hook that when we focus it on what God has for us, we're able to pull ourselves up to where he is. Rather than being preoccupied about what our experience is, when our eyes are fixed on what his experience is for us, then by faith, we can make a decision to stay fixed on that and our faith will pull us into what he has for us. We want to stay fixed on what his experience is and not try and explain what our experience has been. I want to ask you, is your faith focused on managing your experience or bringing you into his experience? It's a good question to ask. Number two, steps for a mature person. Number two, I am responsible for my own faith. I am responsible for my own faith. So in the letter of Jude, he writes this. He says, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Let me back up again. He says this to the church, Dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in God's love. <clears throat> no one else is responsible for my faith other than me. Many people may have had a bearing on where my faith is. They may have affected my faith. They may have made it more difficult for me to have faith, but no one is responsible for my faith other than, my, other than myself. Not the person whose behavior affected my faith, but my faith is based on my decision to believe in the one who's faithful, and he is faithful. So let me give you some just real practical illustrations of this. Um... You know, uh, Jesus watches our faith. Uh, there was a really good preacher that I knew one time who had a message, um, and the title of it was Jesus Watches Your Faith. When um, Jesus was there teaching, and they brought the paralytic um, man, and they put him through the, through the roof there, um, the Bible says this in Mark chapter 2. He says, and Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, and he was healed. Jesus seeing their faith. Jesus watches my faith and yours. He sees it, and according to where my faith is will determine his response to me. Now, I'm not saying that that the Holy Spirit doesn't intervene at times and do some things regardless of faith. Praise God, he does. 
there are plenty of instances in the Bible where people were healed who didn't really believe in God and had no faith for healing. He just did it anyway, which is amazing. And so we're thankful for, for that. But we have a responsibility, as you just said, to build our own faith. So we have choices to make. <clears throat> I was chatting um, with uh, somebody a few weeks ago about this and just talking about the journey of faith. We have lots of examples of this. You know, obviously, Abraham is the, is the classic one of someone who had a promise, and it just seemed like it was completely impossible. Hello. And 13 years went by, but he had to choose to keep believing the promise. Now, we read the passage in like 13 seconds <laughs> of what took place in 13 years. So it's easy for us. We're like, oh, yeah, you know, he believed God. God did say it. And then, you know, time went by, Sarah laughed. And then, you know, this happened, he believed. And then he had a son. But 13 years went by. It's 365 days a year. So what is that? It's like 4,500 days. Four and a half thousand times he would wake up and he was reminded of what God once said. And each day, he could say, ah, forget that. I've woken up 3,000 times now and been reminded of that, that God said. It hasn't happened on the last 3,000 days, so what are the chances it's going to happen again? I'm going to forget that. I'm going to stop believing. But each day went by, he took a step. He recognized I have a responsibility to respond to something that the infallible one has said to me. So there may be much I don't understand about it. It may seem unlikely, but I have to conclude that if it's not happening now, it's not because there's an issue with him. There's something which I don't fully understand. Maybe it's something that I need to correct in me, or maybe it's just that I need to be patient. And thankfully, Abraham took that view, and then we read, obviously, in Hebrews that that was credited to him as righteousness, and he ended up receiving that which God has promised. But why and how? Because every day, he had to make a choice. He took a step. I'm still going to believe what God has said. I'm still going to believe what God has said. I'm still going to believe it. Now, I want to be honest with you. There are times when I've been believing for things that I've got to a point and I've, within myself, I've, I've given up on it. I, I've given a testimony before. You know the, the outcome of this. That 25 years ago, I had a motorcycle accident and my shoulder was injured. And it wasn't till last year that it was instantly and miraculously healed. So it was about 24 years. <laughs> and I had been prayed for a number of times before. But I, I tried to like, force my heart to, to still say that if God has said something, even if I'm not seeing it, the problem is not with God. It still is true. I don't fully understand why it hasn't happened, but you know what? I don't know that I have to. Because it is 
the mind controlled by my spirit. If there is a spiritual reality which I consent to, and then my mind chooses to say it is no longer true, my mind is not being controlled by the spirit. In fact, my spirit is now being controlled by my mind, and I am becoming my own God. And I will not do that. So I can tell you now there are a number of things which I don't understand. (laughs) Anybody else have things like that? But I actually feel reassured by that. I'm actually quite thankful for it because it causes me to still seek God, to cast myself onto Him, and to find out His ways. And so I'm thankful that after 24 years, I still chose to raise my hand when there was an opportunity for healing. Although I had been prayed for a hundred times and not yet been healed, I still chose to raise my hand and I said, okay, God, here I am. Someone said that the power of God is, is here to heal today. I'm asking you, I, I believe it. Will you heal me? Holy Spirit came on me. I felt heat in my shoulder, and now it's completely fine. Yeah. Because that's what God is like. The mark of a mature person recognizes I and only I am responsible for my faith. I'm going to own it. I'm going to make it my own. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to submit to God's outcome. Diana mentioned earlier that there was a tribe that settled for a land that was not the promised land that God had promised. But it had been such a labor, and they got almost there, that they're like, you know what, this is good enough for us. <laughs> We're done. And that's a sadness. And if you look into that tribe and you trace the outcome and their future, things did not go as well for them. God does not want any one of us to give up and fall short of what he has for us. Let's own our faith. All right. Number three, one of the steps of the mature person to create an environment where God gives us leaps. That we... Again, we are not going to just talk about what needs to change, but we will, we will make our talking about... Let me say this a different way. I knew that I had written this wrong. Let me back up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> we don't just talk about what needs to change. We talk to get change. So let me talk about what this what 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 I'm saying here am I talking about the problem or am I talking to the person who can resolve the problem and I find that I can take a lot of time talking about what the problem is I talk to myself about it I may talk to other people about it but it's not until I talk to God about it and I talk to the person that actually can resolve the problem, that things change. There was a season in my life where things were very difficult, and I I was looking for answers. And I realized as I look back, I took so much energy talking through and thinking through what the challenges were. But if I had just gone and talked to the person that could actually make a change in that situation, my life would have changed way quicker than it actually did. But I find in life, when when things happen to us and we are fixed on a challenge, 
our tendency is to, is to get consumed with it and talk just about that. We may just talk to ourselves about it all the time. We may start talking to other people about it. But what we often don't do is talk to God about it and then talk to perhaps the one or two people that can actually make a difference in it. And I had to learn the hard way a few times when there were things that I was preoccupied with and I labored over things for months before I got to the point where I knew I need to go and talk to this person about this problem. And when I went and talked to them, the situation was transformed. Now, sometimes that's hard to do. If there are things that, we're, that we are struggling with, with our other fellow brothers, it's not always easy to go and talk to someone else, is it? No. But our commission is to talk to resolve a problem before we talk about the problem. So I just want to charge us this morning, and I'm speaking to myself and, and everyone, that if there's a challenge that you're facing, and that challenge involves a person, you need to go to that person. Don't keep talking about the challenge. Don't talk to other people about the challenge. You can talk to God about the challenge, then talk to the person about the challenge. And as you do that, that's where you're going to see breakthrough. And that's the mark of the mature person who, who takes steps and God causes them to take leaps. This is what it is like to walk step by step. And I believe that as we receive these things, we create environment where the Holy Spirit comes and causes us to make leaps. Because in this season, that is what he is interested in doing. That for your life and mine, God wants us to have an expectancy that he's going to come and bring breakthrough. He's not going to alleviate you from having to exercise discipline, do some things which are hard. But as you do those things, he's going to make your arms to be able to bend a bow of bronze, and he'll cause you to be able to leap over a wall, metaphorically speaking, maybe literally for some of you. <clears throat> there, there are stories. I want to end with uh, a, an illustration here which I, I feel like there's an application for us as a, as a people, and then we're going to pray. Um, I was reading a news report about a city in Belgium. It's called Charleroi. And it made the news because 10 years ago, one of the big uh, uh, European newspapers wrote an article on the city Charleroi, and they said that it is the ugliest city in the world. <laughs> and so all these different factors were taken into consideration, and uh, various people voted, and the city of Charleroi in Belgium was voted to be the ugliest, most run-down city in the world. And so this is 10 years ago in 2007. And so the poor people of Charleroi felt that they had been given a death blow. The with all that they were facing in the city as it was, now it had just been announced that this is basically the worst place in the world. 
And there are these other different articles that are written about it, and they were saying why it was so terrible there and everything else. And at the end of it, they thought, great, now we're really doomed. But guess what happened to Charleroi in the last 10 years? An amazing thing happened, quite the contrary to their expectation. That once this was made public, suddenly investors started to come to Charleroi. There was a tourism industry. People wanted to go to this place, and they were fascinated by it. So people started coming in by the busloads. People started visiting it. So then they started opening up restaurants and shops. Investors started coming in. People now wanted to live here. They started rehabbing and gentrifying the entire place. They, they completely rehabbed the whole downtown river. They made this amazing river walk. There was this promenade. More people started coming. As more people started coming, more investment came, more money, more businesses came there. And it just kept on growing and growing and growing. Why? Because there is something in the nature of man which is representative of the heart of God that is searching for opportunity. It is searching to restore something back to beyond what its original intention was. And the Holy Spirit wants to find that place of opportunity and settle on it and cause something to be restored far beyond what it ever originally was intended to. And what happened in Charleroi is just a picture I believe there's a spiritual principle there. This is why people spend hours to restore old cars and make them beautiful. Why people take years to restore old buildings and old things. It's representative of the heart of God. To make something good and make it to how it was originally intended to be. And if you can, make it better than that. The Holy Spirit is looking for an opportunity. So... If you would just stand with me, I'm just going to pray. And I think Joshua has something he wanted to share too. But close your eyes for a minute here. I don't know if you may feel that there are parts of your life where you know that there's an opportunity. You might have looked at it and thought, this is really bad. This is ugly. But to the Holy Spirit, it's just nothing but a wonderful opportunity. And he wants to pour himself in there. He wants to invest. He wants to repair and restore. He wants to take you beyond where you've ever been before. I'm going to ask Joshua to come up. And I just want to say this. I felt so strongly in our worship. There is an anointing for breakthrough. When Jeremy was talking about there are moments where God moves us forward by leaps, I think this is one of those moments. (laughs) If you have an area where you need God to move you by leaps, if you're facing something that you feel like, I've done everything I know to do, I've done it again and again and again, and if you're like David where you're at a place or you're like the Israelites, they took steps day by day and then they got to the sea and suddenly it was impossible, but God parted the sea for them. I believe the Holy Spirit's here this morning and he wants to part some seas. There are obstacles that some of us have been up against and God wants to remove them right now, right here. So I'm going to ask our prayer ministry team to come forward and I'm going to ask you if that's you to come forward and receive prayer this morning. But I want Joshua just to share what the Holy Spirit told him.
We're going to pray and then we'll dismiss. So if there's a stampede of elephants coming at you, you got two choices. Get out of the way or get run over and get killed. That's pretty much it. So we'll get back to that. But that's where we're going. So in India, they train elephants. And the way that they do that is when they're young, they chain them to a pole. So now the elephant walks around and around and around. And it knows it can only go this far. And that's it. Well, one day they just take the chain off. But this elephant's created a rut. It has this habit of thinking and it can't get out of it never goes outside of that circle because it's been trained to do that, even though there's no chain on it anymore. It's been broken free. And what the Lord was showing me, there's a lot of strongholds in our minds. We've all been set free. He's like, it's done. It was finished at the cross. But we still think that we have to be depressed, that we are filled with fear, that we can't do something. All these things, it's in the mind, and he wants to free us of that. And the thing that's even greater about it is, so the enemy goes around like a roaring lion, right? So I don't know any lions that stand in the way of a bunch of elephants stampeding. And the only way to hold down an unstoppable beast is to make it think it's still in slavery. And that's what the enemy wants to do is. Gets us caught in slavery early on, and then we're stuck. But the Lord says, no, you're free. And I'm going to show you how powerful you are because I live in you. So if there's, something, if there's anything you're battling in your mind, wrong thoughts, the thoughts like Jeremy said, things about me that I think not what God thinks. Today's the day to get it broken off. So if that's you, come forward for prayer. But I just want to pray and release that right here, right now. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we put our gaze on you. We do what Jeremy instructed us to. We lift our eyes off of circumstances and we put them on you, the author and perfecter of our faith, the one who fights our battles for us. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over any strongholds of the mind former patterns of thinking, Father. If anyone here is stuck in a rut of thinking that's causing them to walk in slavery when they've been set free, we break it now in Jesus' name. We break the power of that stronghold in the name of Jesus. We lift up the banner of Jesus, the banner of freedom. Father, we ask that this week and even right now, your spirit would begin to minister to them and all the word that's been sown in their heart, Father, that there would be a renewing of the mind that your spirit would wash and cleanse their minds from any ungodly thinking. Father, we want our minds to be controlled by the spirit. So we, we say yes and amen. And we're so excited, God, that you're doing this for us and you're on the move in our lives. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.